Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Des Bishop Podcast. Exciting times. Hannah has finished her cameos, so now I'm free to speak at full volume. Great episode coming up. Very excited, amazing guest. We have Ashley Heseltine from the Girls Gotta Eat podcast, one of the biggest podcasts in the world, I would say. I mean, certainly, I'm going to indulge in this hyperbole. One of the biggest podcasts in the world. If you don't know Girls Gotta Eat, it's Ashley Heseltine and Raina Greenberg. And I guess they talk about everything from dating to sex to pop culture and everything in between. Amazing podcast, amazing guest to get. I, I very much leaned in on my Hannah connection there. It's really Hannah got me this guest. I got to give her the credit. And uh, we had a great chat. We talk a bit about the the history of how Girls Gotta Eat uh, came into being, a little bit about uh, you know the beginning of making money from blogging, and just, I guess uh, I, I was a little bit curious on sort of uh, social media as, a, as an earner, that Ashley uh, was into early. Uh, we talked then about the very controversial subject of not wanting to have children, which I love as a subject. Uh, not that I don't want to have children, as Hannah looks at me with uh, demon eyes. Uh, that's not what I'm saying, but a very interesting discussion I had with Ashley. And we also discussed the sadder topic of the loss of Ashley's wonderful dog, Dewey, uh, which uh, leads us into a great conversation about grief. And uh, yeah, it's just fun. I'm super tired. It's 10.50 p.m., which is very late for us going up, so I apologize for that. But it's all done now. I hope you enjoy it, and I'll talk to you at the end of the app. So, Ashley, let's start, okay? okay. Here right. you are. We're, we're, we're off mic moaning about stuff which we're not going to talk about. <laughs> we're having, we're having a, a comedian's moan. Although I don't, think, session, I, yeah. I don't think you... What, what do you call yourself in terms of your, your, your title, your job, your collection of jobs? Uh, single icon? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, I am a comedian. I've been doing stand-up comedy since 2013, so I feel comfortable in saying comedian, podcaster, um, entrepreneur, and... I mean, I am the president of our corporation, and it's uh, it's a successful one. So I like president too. Yeah, I mean, it really is. It's it's great. Uh, the girls got to eat thing is it, it's a, it's a strong brand. I mean, you really have like you have a real thing that you need to be looking after. So entrepreneur is is completely fair after a comedian podcaster. I really admire this generation of female comedians creators, podcasters. I mean, there's something very different that has happened in my time in the industry of entertainment. And you, I feel like you are right smack bang in the middle of this, this, you know, group of people that have come through and done really well on your own terms. Mm -hmm. Fe uh, group of females, I'm saying. 
Yeah. I mean, thank you. I, my career path has been kind of constantly pivoting and trying to kind of, I guess, predict what's next and know what's next. Uh, maybe a little bit naturally, I, I can feel those types of things, but, um, I mean, I went out on my own, uh, as a blogger in 2010, I was like working in PR. I was always a writer. I was a freelance writer. I was like the editor of my high school newspaper. I mean, I was always like a writer, but I just really knew that like having a standard job nine to five wasn't for me. Um, and so I tried it obviously didn't work out and then went out and did the blogging, writing, freelance writing thing. And, and by, can I just ask a question? Because around, I remember around 2010, the, the sites are starting to pop up like in Ireland. I, I won't bother naming them for you, but like I just see these sites and like they're starting to employ people. And I'm like, how the fuck are these people <laughs> right. making money? You know? And, and like, I was completely oblivious, like way behind. So I'm curious. So when you start blogging and you start freelancing, like, are you aware that money might start coming in or was it a leap of faith? Cause in 2010 I was oblivious. Yeah. So I didn't probably until 2013 start making money off like my own independent blog. I was just a freelance writer for various publications and like super duper underpaid and broke. I mean, yeah. not underpaid as like they, you know, they were being cheap. It's just the industry, you know, yes. you get, it's not a lot of money in it. Uh, I, you know, I was the editor of the site called Daily Candy that had, that shut down in 2014, but it was huge. Um, and wrote for a few travel publications and online, and just trying to like scrape together enough money to live. And so, I didn't totally understand how to monetize things. I guess myself, I was just getting paid, you know, 10.99 through various companies. I know, like, but how, how to- handy was that to have been in just starting to understand how yeah. these online you know, online content work. Yeah. And then, I mean, then I guess, you know, I started a pretty successful blog and it was started as beauty and fashion, but morphed into more like social media, pop culture commentary, which led me to like my next career endeavor. But there were these huge ad networks and, um, my, the one I worked with since shut down, but it was like a valued at like a billion dollar company at one point. And, you know, they were just having all the blogs and, um, putting ads on them. So I kind of, you know, you had a certain amount of traffic, you signed up for these ad networks and they cut you your checks. And there were, which is amazing. I, I, I literally like, I had no idea that this was going on. And it was, I mean, you know, you're, and then fashion bloggers are making money on affiliates. So their people are buying what they're selling and they're making a commission, but I never really did much of that. Mine was just straight traffic. And I had a few blogs go viral in my day. And I, it happened to be a great time of year. Like the rates were up and I was just watching my blog make a, I think I made, yeah, I made a thousand dollars a day for like a week. Um, I couldn't believe it. You know, I was just like, I, I really wasn't making a lot of money at that time. And I was like, this is insane. Like I was just watching the numbers. Like it was a fun thing that it almost didn't feel real. Right. It's like, this it's not real money. These are just numbers on my screen. Right. Yeah. And I was like, am I really going to see this money? You know? And it was just, it was all about like, it was the right quarter of the year and the ad rates. It was just, cause it was all a big marketplace of what these ads are paying. Cause the, you know, it's not like a brand was buying. We want to advertise an Ashley site for the month. It's this big marketplace. The rate, the ads are flipping in and out throughout the day. I don't know what ads are on my site. I mean, I, I said which ones I didn't want, but um, yeah, that, I, I made a good amount of money blogging. And then I, that, that started to kind of, uh, I started to not make as much. And luckily I had written this blog that had went viral um, 
called what if guys acted like girls on Instagram. And that was in 2014 and kind of the height of like the basic movement, you know, like women are so basic, whatever. And that blog went viral, which um, helped me start an Instagram account, which I called bros being basic. And that blew up. Like it took off like crazy. It had a hundred thousand followers in five days. I mean, this was kind of even, you know, a while back in Instagram, there weren't as many like humor meme accounts out there. There was like not a lot of that. So it really took off. It got a ton of press. And, um, I started to make money the following year with brands. I think like captain Morgan was or HBO and captain Morgan were two of the brands that paid me really early on and started to literally make a living off of Instagram. Um, so this is 2014, right? To, yeah, I started 2014 and then 2015, 2016, that was my main source of income. I watched my blogs. I just had less time to spend on it, but I watched the money kind of slowly diminish with the blog. I The ad network shut down. I was like, thank God I figured something else out because what would I be doing? And so, um, yeah. I'm just I laughing because I was in China in 2014. Couldn't even access Instagram unless I was using a VPN. <laughs> and I would get, I'd be getting all these people saying <laughs> yeah. like, oh, I joined Instagram, joined Instagram. And I'd be like, I, I literally in 2014 is like, what the fuck is Instagram? And you're like making a living, <laughs> making a living. And I, you know, it's, I w- lived in Atlanta at the time and I wanted to move to New York and I still, I planned on it. I knew I was moving to New York, but I was like, you know, I'm like in my thirties at this point, I don't want to move to New York and be broke and live with a roommate. And, you know, I want to still like, I want to live how I'm living in Atlanta in New York and you have to make a whole lot more money. And I just remember getting this one call. This was with Smirnoff and they had like, went for this proposal that I had sent that I really highballed it and they accepted it. And I was just like, I'm moving to New York. That's my whole rent for a year. You know, like it was like one brand paid for me to kind of move here and live here. Um, and then I moved into podcasting. So I just, that's kind of my trajectory was like blogging, influencing podcasting. You looked you know, not that long ago, if you looked at the the radio waves and uh, really, if you looked at TV, mm-hmm. you you weren't seeing a ton of this stuff. You know, you're looking, you're, you're using Chelsea Handler's a great example, a, a couple of other examples, The View, one or two other things. There wasn't a ton of, of this out there where there was just a lot more sort of mm-hmm. male driven stuff. Whereas if you look at the podcast space, it seems to be certainly it's trying to be a bit more equal. Yeah, for sure. I, but again, yeah, like I said, I mean, it's kind of like you, I guess, you know, like I said, you see some people doing it and you're like, we can do that. You know, we can do that and we can either do it better or in our own way. And I think, you know, even just talking about like the male dominated industries and everything like that, I just, I personally am just a person that just doesn't, you know, I've always just done what I wanted to do, I guess. Like even growing up, I was kind of a tough kid to manage because I just am going to like kind of break the rules and do like get my way and do what I'm going to do. So somebody saying like, you can't do that or that's never been done before is like a challenge. Like I'm like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to do it, you know? So it's just, that's kind of the way I, I approach things in business too. Like, I think if I were to sit in a room with some some man or even a woman that was just kind of telling me like, this isn't the way we do things. It's like, great. That's why we're going to do it this other way. Like, I think that people fall too much into like, that's never been done before. You know, even with our live shows, like I don't know anybody that does what we do in the live show space that, you know, would open a theater show with the Boston Celtics dancers and then come out. And, you know, we do like 
it's just this wild night of entertainment. And we realized that early on, thank God, you know, rain and I together that like, we're not going to sit up and do a live podcast at Caroline's, which was our first show. Like, you know, a week before we were like, wait a minute, like, what if we just do this differently? You know, what if we don't sit up there and record it and we just make it a fun night out and do a bunch of different shit. And we have a bunch of different guests and we, you know, incorporate the audience. Like what if we just totally do this differently than we've ever even seen done. And um, which is great because those live podcasts are never as good in the recording. It's a different entity. No, we would never like our, and that's not no shade. You know, if that's what you do, that's the brand. Like I I wouldn't want to go see pod save America do what we do. I don't want to see (laughs) open with open with cheerleaders, but like, that's just one example of like, you know, yes, I'm, I'm, complimenting what we've done, but just encouragement to others of like, don't listen, like just to do what you've, what, what you want to do, like blaze your own I want, path. I like, want somebody has I to want do it. Obama like lip syncing to Biggie Smalls at a pod save America live show. That that's like, <laughs> that's what I expect from a pod save America live event or, or like Obama battle rapping Cory Brooker or something, you know, like that's what I, that's, that's what I want. I want, I want. Why is that like a weird fantasy? I'm just, that. <laughs> <laughs> just Obama rap battling Cory Booker. What? That is like so hot. I don't. Anyway, know. sorry, geeking out there. All right, so let's let's jump on because I you you know you you like a couple of topics that I love. So I don't want to. This is a big jump now, but you don't want to have children. Is this correct? <laughs> yeah, not at all. Yeah, and I, I like this discussion because you know I was broody in my in my thirties. And it kind of faded for me. Now, I'm obviously, you know, I'm recently engaged and the whole kids thing, you know, yeah. it's probably going to happen because I, I okay. never turned into, I never turned into not having a kids guy, okay. but I did turn into, if I don't have kids, I'm fine. Okay. So yes. And that is what I want to hear from a man. <laughs> like if it's not, if it's not a, I absolutely don't want kids. Like I feel it. I hope it's a, I'll be fine without them. Cause it's a fear of mine to meet somebody and fall for them and they really want kids, which is like a crazy thing. Cause it's the opposite of most women. You know, most women are like, I hope I don't meet a guy that doesn't want kids. I'm like, if I fall in love with a guy that has to have children, it's going to be a huge problem. So yeah. Yeah. Because I think, I mean, I, I'm very supportive of people who say they don't want to have kids. And I know that there's a lot of pushback and a lot of shame around it. I think it's changing a little bit, but I just, I just don't understand. Like, there's so many things I like that other people don't like, and like, I don't think that they're less of a person because of it. And it's like, if you just like the concept of going through this life and not having a child and looking after yourself, I don't, und- I don't mean looking after yourself in a selfish way, but just like not having that in your life, I don't understand why anyone would care. Yeah, and uh, you know, I've never felt shamed or judged, and I think. Oh, you didn't. Oh, you got to move to Ireland. Well. <laughs> <laughs> So this is another thing too, where I am just really secure in my choices. So like if someone is trying to shame me for that, I'm like, that's your shit. That has nothing to do with me. I don't, I don't want, what's it to you, you know? And it's also that my parents are cool. So I need to be sensitive to that. You know, like I'm very lucky in that way. I, I, if my parents were unhappy and they were giving me shit, it would really bother me. I'm not past that. You know, I have a great relationship with my parents. We're super close. Um, and my, my younger brother, which he will definitely have kids. He wants kids like yesterday, but, um, that would bother me for sure. But I luckily never lived like that. No one in my family has ever said anything to me. You know, they're all really supportive. They all know the path that I, that I'm on. And, um, 
I feel really lucky for that. Uh, and so, and you I don't never care. wanted kids, right? Um, no, I mean, I guess I thought when I was like younger, younger, you know, like you're in high school, you're in college, early twenties, like maybe I would, cause that's what you do, but never felt the need, never felt like the urge or never pictured myself with kids. I want no part of any, any part of the process, like the pregnancy, the birth, the little kid, the, the, the grown up, you know, and my parents have, we have a great relationship. My mom and I are truly best friends, but, um, I just have never wanted it. And I think it's so innate because like, I know so many women and friends of mine that feel like so deep within them that they cannot live without children. They want them so badly. So I'm like, if you feel like that about wanting them, like how, how can you not understand that? I feel like that about not wanting them. And it has nothing to do with we're supposed to do this. Like you're born to have children. That's it's just so bullshit. That's some like Bible beating bullshit. Like that's like saying like a man and a woman are supposed to be together and it's wrong to be gay. It's the same concept, you know, like, yeah, not to mention if that's the case, then how tragic is it when somebody can have a child? (laughs) Exactly. So yeah, if God made us all, which don't, I'm not a religious person, but if God made us all women to have to be bearers of children, then why the fuck can some women not bear children? That's what, what, what do you have to say to that? So, um, yeah, because then it's basically, basically saying that like you're not a whole person unless you you're have a broken. kid and how unlucky yeah. how unlucky is it for you that you can never be a, a full person it's it's and those people you know we did a whole episode on this on girls gotta eat uh about the decision to not want children and those people can just go fuck like I, who can, those people are the worst you know like you're not but a what about okay so or, what about the light-hearted one of just like i know that you think you'll that, change your you mind a kid you yeah would. um it's just, I don't know if I'm like scary, but people don't say that stuff to me. Like, I don't know. Like, <laughs> yeah. I think they're like, that bitch knows what she wants and I'm not going to doubt her. But I will say also, I think a lot of that happens with like more fringe friends and it happens a lot in the workplace. So my best friend also doesn't want children. She's married. They've been married for, for a while and they don't want kids. And she would get a lot of that, like at work, you know what I mean? When she worked in, in PR in Atlanta, she would get a lot of like, you'll change your mind. You'll change your mind. And I just surround myself with people who probably wouldn't say that to me. And uh, yeah, well, you live in New York too, which helps. And, I mean, and New, I live York in New York is like a place where people just accept a hundred percent. Why would you want to have a kid and have to move out yeah. of your apartment? And, and I think, you know, if you don't, if someone doesn't badger me and they don't say things to me in such a judgmental tone, I can let it roll off my back. You know, if, if an older person said to me, you, you know, you might change, you might change your mind one day, or maybe when you meet the right person, I might just, I'm not, I don't need to clap back and like fight with some old lady about it. That's, you know, she, people feel like their life has meaning because they have children and that you are, you know, taking away from their self-worth by saying that you don't want them. I don't care. That's your shit. It's not mine. If some like older, old fashioned person wants to be like, honey, you'll change your mind. A, I'm going to be like, I'm probably I might not be able to have kids at this age, but like, <laughs> I, it's not going to make me pop off, you know, like yeah, it's, you just say, Oh yeah, maybe you're right. Maybe you're right. Like let them live. Like they're going to die soon. Anyway, you like, you get it does you, you know, but what about, <laughs> what about if you fall in love with a dude that has like a 12 and a 14 year old? Yeah. That's but he's fine. very wealthy. No, no, no. <laughs> I, I actually am not opposed to being a stepmom. Um, oh, you want to so, be a cool stepmom, but I think but, I would be. But how young? How young are the kids? How young is too young for this for the stepchildren? So the I, wife is dead. 
the she's wife dead. is dead. God damn it. Sorry, Why'd I'm you making, do this? I'm making it more complicated. The wife is I'm dead. The mom. Very okay. tragic. The children still love that. The, they're still grieving. And you come along, cold-hearted fucking bitch didn't want them in the first place, right? <laughs> they're, they're five and three. <laughs> but he's okay. a great guy. He's a great guy. Okay, is one just one of them is a girl, right? One's a girl. I can have a daughter. If there are two boys, yeah. I'm out. I two boys, I'm out. I'm not being some like t- mom of two kid d- sons. Um, no, well, my mother uh, had three. Okay, my mother had three, three boys. Oh God! And like it's 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 tough. But the only thing I have to say is, and this is straight up an assumption, but it's been backed up by some people. Having sons of pain ass when they're young, but the teenage years are a little easier. <laughs> Oh God, no, but not even like in our family, <laughs> the son was easiest from birth to like, it's, <laughs> it's, I was so difficult. Um, so I'm lucky my parents, you were, have that, you have that, but now I make money. So it's all okay. You know, um, like I'll, I'm the one going to be the one to step in and take care of everybody, but I didn't let you answer the question. Let me answer. Okay. So listen, have I thought about this? Yes. I've thought about this. Like I, th- I think about shit all the time. And I did this reading one time with this psychic that says he is so certain I'm going to have a daughter. And he said he probably, it probably will be like, I won't birth it necessarily. So I would not write someone off for that by any stretch, especially someone I fell in love with. Love is rare Uh, to me. That would be a really, uh, you know, serious, intense conversation about what our lives would look like in regarding the situation. You know what I mean? Like it would be like, is this person really looking for a full-blown 24 seven mom for his kids? Or is it kind of like, I, it's just, I mean, you don't have to think about it that much because this is a straight up hypothetical. (laughs) I, I would not just be like, I'm out. You know what I mean? Like I have thought a lot about, you know, just being in, in my thirties and eventually wanting to find somebody that yes, I could find a man with kids like that, but just statistically. So, um, especially as you get older, it's easier to find a guy with kids to find a divorce guy, somebody, you know, yeah, I I really like, I don't, I thought of, I have like a, I've not fantasized like in a sexual way, but I've thought even like it might even be preferable. I don't know. Like, I still feel like I have a nurturing side, you know, I, I don't, a stepchild, stepchildren could be like kind of ideal, especially I just, I would, I have such an incredible relationship with my mom and like my mom had such an incredible relationship with her mom. And I can very much envision a life in which I'm a stepmom. Right. That's, yeah, that's interesting. By the way, I used to, I used to joke about that, that like, I need to meet like a divorced woman that has like a three-year-old right before the kid has memory so I get a kid, but I get like I know. three years off my sentence. So like, you know, like in other words, it's just not as long of a commitment as a normal uh, but raising like, a child. I want to be really clear that the those kids' mom does have to be dead. Like I'm not dealing with like us, like an, oh, an ex, you know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm only going to do the widow thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fuck that. You can't be like, you can't be having like the ex calling up and like, hey, can you pick up Samantha? It's like, fuck you, bitch. Like Samantha's with the nanny. I'm rich, bitch. Yeah, I don't and know he's what still paying you is. alimony. You Kidding. fucking deal with it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I so, just you see a lot of a lot of drama. Uh, you know, that's neither here nor there. I mean, that's just situational. But whew, you see a so, lot of like new mom, real like stepmom, real. Is mom it the drama. combination? Is it the is it the 
the the pregnancy like women have to give up a lot. Let's call a spade a spade. Like it's a lot easier for a guy to have flipping opinions about having a child or not, right? So women have to give up a lot. Is it the is it is it more the physical and the pregnancy side? Is it the the time sacrifice side? Is it you know? And by the way, it also can be like you don't know. It's just what you feel. But you know, do, do you ever? What is the thing that's most makes you think like I'm good? Um, literally all of it. And (laughs) I, um, I want none of it. Not like that. Like I said before, like it's, it's like a nightmare to me, you know, like, like, even it's a nightmare to a lot of my friends. Some of the time, like all my friends very early on when they all had like little infants, they were all like, this you got to do. This is the most amazing thing in the world. But then when their kids all got like older and there's just like a lot, you know, yeah. they all still love their children and they didn't tell me not to have kids, but they would. Ju- they started to say stuff like, you know, you could not have children. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, those are my favorite moms. Like we were very, we were wondering what kind of response we were going to get from the episode, um, and we did it so thoughtfully. It, t- it took. I wanted to do it for months before we actually did it because, like, Raina jokes that that was like my swan song, like the Ashley. You know, we don't want kids episode, and um, we really, geez, I don't even know if we got any negative messages, but so many positive messages from moms. So many. And some of them were a little upsetting to read uh, in terms of moms that felt like they shouldn't have been moms. Um, and we are so honored that people share those things with us. But uh, yeah, like so many like moms of like, this shit is hard. And if you don't want it that bad enough, like you shouldn't do it. But um, it's it. Yeah. So it's, it is all of it. It's no part of it is appealing to me, the physical part, the, um, you know, putting the, you know, revolving your whole life around a kid. That being said, I have always said that I would be a great dad. So (laughs) that's what I like. (laughs) And I'm like, so into being an aunt. Like I have like aunt envy, my best friend, Kate, who I I mentioned who does her and her husband don't want children has two nephews. And I like am jealous. Like I want, and my brother, you know, they're going to have plenty of children and I'm going to just like really hone in on the middle one. That's kind of, you know, like not loved as much and like make sure that I take care of them. So they take care of me when I'm dying. It's a whole thing. It's a plan. Um, but I, uh, I'm like kind of kidding, but not really, but no, no. And I'm an uncle and it is great. And I know exactly what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. And I had this, you know, I took care of this dog for 12 years. Like I'm not like a cold hearted non-nurturer. I just, I feel like you could even kind of look at the way I've lived my life and be like, yeah, kids are never going to fit into that. You know, like I'm not willing to change what I want to do in my life. And I, I just don't want kids. And, um, I and for just me, think, oh, sorry, go ahead. What were you going to say? No, I'll just end with saying that. Like, I just feel so strongly in my soul that like, you have to want them so badly because of the, it's a lifetime commitment. So I get that you could be on the fence and you can have a child and then they can become your world. I do, I do think that happens. And I think that it happens with a lot of dads, but it's, you really got to be on board because you, you know, if you want to be a good parent. A hundred percent. I mean, for me, it's like, there was times in my life, like particularly after my dad died where I was broody as fuck because there is something that goes on between a parent and their child towards the end, the role reverses and Mm -hmm. you're looking after your parent and also just like you're everything to them, you know? Mm -hmm. And it's just so important that you're around and just like 
for, there was a time where the meaning of life was just like very much like you you arrive, you create something mm-hmm. else, and then that something else sees you off. You know, like it all felt very cyclical. And I was very broody after that, very broody and convinced that I wanted to have a child. But that has faded to the point where I could not have one, right? Now, in saying that, and I don't get too into it because it's really Hannah's business also, but like, you know... I, I, I'm very happy to have a child with Hannah, so it's not controversial. Mm-hmm. But I have also said, like, by the way, like, just so you know, if by any chance you don't want to have one, don't think it's going to be a problem with me. And I'm not trying to tell yeah. her, like, I don't want to have kids. I'm just basically saying, like, you have all the options. Like, you know, you all the options are on the table for you. So, but I can I also say, as a 45-year-old, that, like, when I think about throwing in the commitment that you're just talking about at this stage of my life, I think like, fuck, man, that's 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 a lot. I think you got to be like a bit more, well, no, you don't have to be anything. But I think it's easier. Yeah, when you, you can have, be a shitty parent. Yeah, but I think it's easier when you you have the naivety of youth, you know? Yeah. And and I think it's, it's you know, you know too much. That's the problem when you're fucking 45. You watched all your friends raise their kids. You've watched your nephews growing up and you just kind of go like, yeah, like I, I, I would I would give this a whirl, but I am fucking under no illusions of how difficult this is. Right. And I, to your point, I mean, the only thing I feel like that has made me not even want children, but just kind of think about it is the when you are, you know, old and going to die. And I want to see my mom take care of my grandmother. And we were there too, but just like, I just was like, what if my grandmother didn't have my mom? Like I, I, it makes me want to cry to think about it of like, she, my mom was there every day. Like what this woman would have died in this like home with no family around her. And, uh, but at the same time, that's not a reason to spend your whole life with a kid. So they could take care of you in your, in your last dying days. But someone, um, this girl, this is probably my favorite message I got. I wish I had it pulled up, but, um, anyway, she just wrote me the most beautiful message after the episode and said, I I feel like I'm going to cry. She said, I work in a hospice. I see people die all the time and you're going to be fine. And you, I see people surrounded by friends and nephews and nieces and loved ones and not that aren't their children all the time. And like you and, you know, Raina, should she choose not to have children are going to be just fine. You guys are building this great life for yourselves. And it was just like the best message ever to, to be validated in that way. Like it will be fine. And that's clearly not a reason to have kids. So I know. And the other I, great I, thing, I felt that what you're saying, I feel that on like a deep level. Yes, of course. At the other great thing, and this is a strange reassurance. It's the strange, uh, dark side of our lives, but we can be reassured by the fact that it probably euthanasia is going to be legal by the time we're old. So no mm-hmm. fucking worries, man. <laughs> also a hundred percent. Also, this is a, I think my, my good, my good guy friends and I had this conversation and he was like, there's also no guarantees that your kid's going to take care of you. They might be an asshole. Exactly. Or or they could, you know, they could be not be able to take care of themselves. Like you never know. Yeah. So not only do you die on your own, you die with fucking disappointment. Like that little fucking prick that you gave up 20 years of your fucking life and the rest. It wasn't fucking there at the end. I know. So anyway, I was there at the end for both of them through gritted fucking teeth. I'll have you know. No, I'm only kidding. Oh. I'm, I'm, I'm actually totally joking. And this podcast is very, very on top of, uh, on top of all that. But it's a good thing to think about. What I mean, that's another great subject. I don't know if you ever talk about, uh, deal with that even more directly on Girls Got to Eat, like hospice care and just all that stuff. I, it's, it's fascinating. 
Yeah. I mean, we, we recently did an episode on grief, but you know, disclaimer, it was by dog died. Yeah, so but we're going to we talk it, about that now. Anyway, we made it, it very it came, clear that it came, it came, it came more linked than I expected oh. in terms of we had this on the set list, but suddenly we naturally ended up in grief and it was not by design. Yeah. Well, we were talking about death, so it wasn't totally out of left field. <laughs> no, no, I know, but that's what I'm saying. I didn't yeah, yeah, mean yeah. I didn't mean for the the kids discussion. Oh, the kids to go into death. Yeah, got yeah, it. Yeah, I didn't it. mean we are it to be so it. so wonderfully, uh, you know, fluid. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, but anyway, so l- let's talk about that because I think sometimes people can feel like they have to say like, oh, just so you know, like I'm grieving for my dog, like as if that's not real grief, which I don't think. Right. So it's real grief. And I, you know, I mean, I was overwhelmed with the messages I received after that episode. And like, I did lose my parent. I did lose my partner and like your episode helped me and you know what you're feeling, whatever it, it helped me. It feels the same. My point was just that I think there are levels of grief and I think there is completely unmanageable grief, which would be what I would feel if I lost a parent today. And I, what I was dealing with was manageable. Um, and so I guess my whole point was that I didn't want to be the person that is like, someone tells me they lost their dad, which I had a friend lose her dad really right at the same time. And I'm like, I know girl, when my dog died, you know what I mean? Like, it's just, doesn't, that's all the point I wanted to make is just like, but by the way, I, just so you know, I had that very in, that very circumstance. Where so it wasn't yeah. saying I just lost my dad, and somebody's like, "I know I lost my dog," but uh, this I, I, this girl was, you know, basically talking about losing her dog, but in a way that was very intense, which was which I totally understood. But I I I end in the end, she ended up saying that like she thought that it was the same. And I was like, you haven't lost your, your parents. Like, you don't know what the fuck you're talking about. But like, I wasn't going to get into it because it's the grief that she that's knew. That's what I'm saying. Like, that's, that's <laughs> I agree, you know? So it, and I don't know. It's just, and I'm, I'm not dismissive of it because actually lo- losing pets in my life has been a great, uh, you know, it has helped me to understand grief and I think it is real grief and I think anyone that dismisses the seriousness of it doesn't either doesn't know grief or doesn't know the connection a pet has with a human no and no no and who is out here doing that I mean fuck right off and no one yeah and nobody's doing that but you know you can get some people can be dicks you know yeah which I'm just like I dare you to say that to me in a public setting you'll get like your life will be ruined um not by me by like you know by followers but but actually uh, like let's just get into it a little bit because obviously I know you've talked about it but just just actually just without getting into like opinions about what should be grieving and not you had a strong bond to the to Dewey right mm-hmm. and Dewey died very recently yeah um i you know i had him for i mean he was about it was about to be 12 years so like 11 years 11 months um and he died on january 8th and i mean i i know people have strong bonds with their dogs. I'm not taking anything away from it, but I, you know, I'm a single woman. I've been a single woman for most of the time that I've had him. And that is like, truly was my companion. I mean, that was like my partner. And I, uh, you know, he was with me my whole like adulthood. You know what I mean? Like I, it's like, 
that 25 to 35 uh, decade is like the most transformational. Like you turn, you go from like a, you know, a kid, not a kid, you're not a kid at 25, but you, you just grow up. At least I did, you know, I just was like, figured my whole life out with him by my side. And we, you know, moved here together to New York. And, um, so it, he was just like the love of my life. And he was like part of, we were just like a pair. So it was so, I think that explains why, you know, it like broke the internet. You know, I think that people knew of us as together and they loved him so much. And he was this like special dog that brought people so much joy on his own, you know? So it was just, it was so devastating. I mean, I, I live alone, you know, he was just has been by my side for 12 years. Like the void is so unbearable yeah, the emptiness that, yeah. And so it's like, I think that you, I've lost all, all of my grandparents, but it's so sad. And it's, it's, it's grief and it's devastating. And, you know, a lot of it is just knowing how your parents feel when they lose their parents, but you don't see them all the time and you don't talk to them all the time. And so it's, you go on about your life easier than losing the person or, you know, the, the pet that you've spent every day with for 12 years, you know? So no, cause I've lost you. I've lost my like, grandmother. I was close to my grandmother, but you think of her when you pass her street or maybe a relative still lives in that house. You think of her when you go to that house, but you know, you think of your dog every time you walk in. <laughs> yeah. It's like, Oh my God. So yeah. And you know, to be honest, I have not dealt, I had not dealt with that level of grief, like that, like feeling of like, I felt like I was drowning and I just felt so outside of my body and like, you know, the tears just won't stop. And it was just like, who, who am I? what I don't feel like myself, you know, it just, my friend described it as a tidal wave of grief. And I was like, that's what it feels like. I feel like I'm, I'm drowning. And, um, so that was, that will prepare me (laughs) for something bigger. It will. When, when, you know, my dad died, I wrote a book about my dad and, uh, it, it wasn't really about him dying, but the end of it is that he dies. Uh, but it was largely about looking after him when he was ill. Um, and actually I started writing the book before he died, but at the end, the, 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 I actually use losing a pet as a way to help me understand grief and help other people understand it. Because one of my overriding memories of grief before losing my father, like a real, and I've had other loss, but the thing that stuck out for me, which is why I wrote about it was, you know, I lived in Ireland for a lot of my life, but my family still lived in Queens. And every time I came home, mistress would bark at the door and everybody would always be like, oh, she misses you. She misses you. Mm-hmm. And she'd go nuts. And the the first three times that I came back to New York, I could still hear her barking at the yeah. gate, even though she wasn't there. Mm-hmm. I could still oh, like the phantom. Yeah. Yeah. I could hear the bark and it's just like, you open the door and you're sure that she will be charging towards you. And then the grief hits the, the awareness of that charge is not coming. And that the first time I came home without my dad, I thought of mistress as I was walking in and I walked to that empty chair and I thought that, you know, my dad will never be in that chair. And they weren't a million miles apart, the feelings. Mm-hmm. You know, it's oh real God. grief when you <laughs> yeah. when you lose a pet. Yeah. That that's that is the hardest part. I uh went to stay with a friend for like uh, 
a week after he passed and I went to stay with a friend um, and stayed with her for like uh, like a week and um, which was really like therapeutic. And I was like feeling good. And then when I came back from that, that was like, I couldn't keep it together because when I would travel, then I would want to come home to yeah. <laughs> my dog. So it was like the thing I look forward to the most. So yeah, those moments, I mean, that I remember our we had a crazy dog growing up and he would bark anytime he heard anything. And the first time like the doorbell rang and he didn't like start barking, you know, we all like lost it, but yeah. Um, yeah, I, I have a. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently. I asked Mint Mobile's legal team. If big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation, they said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous to your contracts, they said, what the f- are you talking about you insane hollywood ass so to recap we're cutting the price of mint unlimited from 30 dollars a month to just 15 dollars a month give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch 45 dollars up front for three months plus taxes and fees promote for new customers for limited time unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows full terms at mintmobile.com hold up what was that boring no flavor that was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. It's I don't know. I mean, I I feel like I was, I've always been so terrified to like lose a parent or somebody so close to me. Um, it's just my biggest nightmare. And so I feel like it did prepare me a little bit. Like at least I finally know what that feels like on some level. Cause yeah, you do. I, had- I mean, the good news about dogs, which is I didn't know you well enough to message you this, even though I, I really felt for you when you posted about that. Cause in the short period of time, I only knew you in a short period of time. Like I only sort of, like, yeah. because we did that online show together and it happened very soon after that. But even before it had happened, I had noticed the presence of your dog on your Instagram. Like a, the Dewey, I, I can visualize Dewey, you, yeah, you know, no. like I, I, I didn't have a lot of time, but yeah, I have a very clear image of Dewey in my mind. Yeah. And then this, this happened, it was so sad. And I felt I didn't know you well enough to say that the one thing I've learned through losing pets in my life which is better than losing humans is that you can get another dog. And even though when it happens, which I'm sure you're feeling now, that feels like some sort of, uh, uh, you know, a, a de- uh, you know, a deception or like a dishonoring of their memory. It, f- it helps a lot, like a yeah. lot, a lot. But I didn't want to say that to you. Cause I feel like you, you you have your own journey at that time, you know? Yeah. And I think everybody's journey is so different. Like, um, I'm totally ready to foster and I think I'm, it'll, I'll just do that for a while, you know, and I just, I kind of am going to appreciate the freedom of just doing whatever, whenever, you know, extending a trip if I feel like it. And last Saturday I left the house at noon. I wasn't home until 2am. You know, I just like, I had a few things to do and I was like, Oh, like, yeah, I trade it all to have Dewey back, of course. But like, I can appreciate the, the newfound little bit of freedom that comes from that. So I'm just going to live that life for a little and foster here and there. And I think it's like, um, I always tell people that if it's different than losing, a, like, 
it's not that your spouse died and you went out the next day and met somebody it's, it's a dog, you know, especially when you rescue dogs, you save a life. So it's when people, people go out the day of, you know, I know people that have their dog has died, they go, they go the next, they go the next day. And my dad did it. And it was not the next day. It was a Monday to a Friday. And he, my dad was despondent. His dog got hit by a car. I, I, I peeked in on him. You know, this was right before Thanksgiving, 2016. And I peeked in on him. He was looking at the SPCA website and I just saw the dog on the screen. I was like, let's go look at that dog. I'm getting the vibe. This will be good for you. And I think he was like, not that my dad cares. He's not even on the fucking internet. No one's going to judge him, but he was just like, it's too soon. It's too soon. I'm like, I just think we should go see. (laughs) And we got this perfect animal and it like filled the hole in his heart a little bit. So, um, and his dog that died was like kind of a dick, but it's fine. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So we did upgrade, but he, um, it's, she, I just reserved no judgment. And I just, Hey, by the way, here's the bad news. Here's the bad news. Whenever the sad, you know, we all die. Right. But Whenever the sad time comes that you have to deal with perhaps a, a different level of grief or you lose somebody that you don't want to lose, you also will get moments where you're like, I miss them so much, but how fucking handy is it to not have to worry about them right now? So you don't <laughs> need to feel guilty that Dewey, that that there was a time like where you started to think like, oh, we'll be good to not have to rush back from a trip because I don't have to get back to my dog. Like that's not, that's a very normal thought. Like there have been numerous times during this pandemic where I have been like, thank God my mother is not around because this <laughs> would have been so difficult. Now in saying that, I don't want my mother to be dead, but I had five years of like worrying about my mother and it was just great to just not have all this extra stuff you know yeah. <laughs> i mean yeah, i'm not exactly. gonna i'm like, not gonna be delighted that my parents aren't at my wedding you know what i mean like that's gonna be a real moment of 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 missing them but the day before the wedding when fucking there's a lot of stress i'll be like thank <laughs> fuck my mother's not around oh for this. <laughs> but uh, it is yeah. difficult it is difficult with the the wedding list you know because like there's a lot of competition on how many people can get invited to the wedding. And I'm like, Hannah has three grandparents and two parents and I have like no grandparents, no parents. So I'm like five down from the get go. So it's like, do I get a different five or am I just like tough cookies? Right. How does that work? Yeah. Well, we're Um, going to find out. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. You're like, you just invite five randoms. Um, Yeah. And then like her parents, her parents are like, oh, we have to invite our friends. It's like, fuck you. My parents are dead. They're not getting any friends. You're not getting any friends. I'm sorry. Hannah still has grandparents. What the fuck? Oh, she's so young. I have no grandparents. No, but the crazy thing is that my nephew is 11 years old. And even he said to Hannah. So the joke was that Hannah started talking to my nephew about Pokemon. And he was like, you know, Pokemon, how old are you? (laughs) Right. So, so it was actually the beginning of Kieran becoming aware that there's like an age gap between Hannah and I, he actually said to her, he was like, you're so young. What are you doing with him? And then, so like jokingly, he's a very smart, very funny, but then a couple, like an hour or two later, we start talking and I said, um, like Hannah still has three grandparents and Kieran goes, you have three grandparents. He's 11. He only has one. I may have told that story in my podcast already, but I don't care. You know, it's just it's, it's very relevant to this. It only just it happened. I have not had any in quite some time. I was born with one down. Like I didn't have. I only had three to start, and then like, yeah, they well, like like Hannah. was showing me a picture the other day, and I was like, "Who's that?" Oh, oh, we went to her cousin's house, uh, 
And I was like, who's that? She showed me this big picture. She's like, who's that? Oh, that's my great grandmother. I was like, your great grandmother? <laughs> yeah. And she was like, oh yeah, she only like, she, it wasn't that long ago that she died. Right. And that's it just so, so happens, right. It just so happens that a, a week ago, a week and a half ago was the 100th anniversary of my great grandmother's death. <laughs> She's died a <laughs> hundred years ago. No, she died no. at birth young, but still she died a hundred years ago no no stop and hannah knew hers like recently yeah like hannah has like 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 deep memory like my grandmother's death is like literally like inscribed in irish history years ago yeah a hundred years ago and my great-grandfather died only a couple years later you know and my dad you know my oh oh and even even more fucked up is that my great-grandfather turns out is unknown because my great-grandmother on my dad's side my great-grandmother is the bishop Bishop doesn't come from my great-grandfather. We don't know who the fuck my great-grandfather is. Whereas Hannah's taking fucking pictures with our great-grandparents. And mine is mine is so fucking deep in Ancestry.com, I, we'll never fucking find them. Right. Hannah's great-grandparents, great-grandmother's on Instagram. And like, <laughs> she's on TikTok. You're like, we didn't even have like pen and paper when my grandparents, great-grandparents died. Yeah, right? Oh, my gosh. Pen pals. That's so funny. So. Yeah, well, I think fostering is a good, good option for you. I mean, I've really enjoyed fostering. It's been, it's been the, the story of my pandemic. I've fostered a lot of dogs. Um, fostering is great. It's hard, obviously, as you know, not to get attached. Um, and it's also like the organization you're working with is really important too because like fostering is a good service, especially when you're very clear that you just want to help out. Because like what happens is you don't want to feel bad if like it's time to give the dog back or like it's just you've you you can't do it for a while you know it is a temporary arrangement and because yeah. there have been times where i felt a little bad that like oh shit like i i can't do it at the moment and you have to bring the dog back like you're doing something wrong but it's important to know that you're not doing that because you are just fostering you're giving them a break from the shelter they're learning things you know there's there's a lot of stuff that you're doing yeah and i i know there's two organizations that one i'm already approved i thought i was getting a dog last weekend but there was a little miscommunication. I was like telling people and then I like didn't get one. I'm like, okay, never mind. Everybody's like, when's the dog showing up? I was like, don't worry about it. it was like oh yeah. I saw thing. you said I'm ready um, to foster. It, it was because I couldn't pick him up or couldn't pick a dog up on Saturday, which is totally fine. The, the organization doesn't have a shelter. They're one of the, like, they have to be in foster homes. Like there's a few of those in, in New York, like right. there are no shelters. So the dogs come from wherever and they have to be put in foster. So it's no big deal. I'm on the list. I'll get one soon. Um, but yeah, they're, they're really, they've been really chill. I think they're like, you know, they were saying, uh, you know, if you're fostering and I was talking to this girl, I had a long call with her. She was like, if you're fostering and you like have to travel and I'm like, why would you book a trip when you're foster? Like, I'm just, I'm only going to do it when I'm definitely here for like a two, three week period at, at a time, you know? Um, yeah. I so, mean, I, I was doing it during the pandemic, so it, it wasn't yeah. an issue, but there's just been a couple of times where. Yes. But I, I just say that to be like, I think that they get it. You know, I've, I have seen some, there's like one foster. I'm not going to name any names or a rescue. I'm not going to name any names that they're like crazy people. And they like shame you if you, not important, but it's. Yeah. Well, I can tell you that if it doesn't work out, I can, you can foster for Southampton animal shelter and I will do all the driving necessary. No, I feel good. I feel like I'm having, um, Dewey was such a like force. He was such an influencer that like so many like these foster and these rescues have like 
really slid into the DMs. Like, it, cause they just like, they know he passed. They're like, whenever you're ready, you know, I have, I feel like <laughs> I have like a waiting list of people that want me, you know, like I have this one, this, uh, rescue, which I, I love. Uh, and they just, they'll, they'll tag me like in pictures, like Ashley, I'm like this, are, am I getting trolled? Like, you're like, is this your new dog? You know, they're kind of like, we're trying to set just, you up like an annoying the... friend, annoying married yes. friend. It's like, Oh, <laughs> yes. Bob is coming to dinner tonight. <laughs> That's what it is. Like, <laughs> they, but they want to be, you know, they want the promo. They all, you know, there's so many, why would they not want to like me to, rescue a dog from their organization and then promote it for literally ever. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so uh, I get it. But the fostering is great. Yeah. I, I think you'll do it. But was Dewey was a foster fail, right? Uh, he was like, he, yeah, he was, uh, found, um, and like on the streets <laughs> was being fostered by, a fa- or this family took him in and they, uh, in our neighborhood and they had, he had no collar. He had no chip. He, uh, you know, no signs. They thought that maybe someone dropped him off in the neighborhood. Cause we like lived in a really, it was a really nice neighborhood in Atlanta. Um, and so, which was kind of surrounded by maybe not as nice neighborhoods. Like, I don't know that's kind of what's their theory, but they took this dog in, they, uh, put up posters everywhere. They emailed everybody they knew they took him to, they called every single animal hospital, every single shelter around trying to see if anybody had reported their dog missing. So they were like really trying to, uh, see where this dog came from. And so finally they had done, they had done that. They were like at a loss and I, they were about to, they were like, we have to take him to a shelter. Like that's our last option. We've done everything we can do. We truly believe this dog is like a stray and there, we don't know how to find his owner. And, um, I was like, they had emailed everybody in the neighborhood and I just opened the picture of this dog and like fell in love immediately. And I was not a dog person. So my story is very, like, I didn't really care about dogs. I just wasn't that into them. I didn't really see myself with one. I mean, I like dogs, but I was not a dog person and something about this dog. I just fell in love with him. Like at first sight, it was crazy. And I just was like, okay, well, you know, I don't like know how to really take care of a dog and I don't have any money, but like, you know, if you're going to take him to the humane society, just call me. And so they finally like days and days went by and they were like, we, we don't, we have we can't do anything else. We have a, we have a newborn, we have our own dog, you know, he's so sweet. He's potty trained, but we just have to take him to a shelter. And I said, I'll just foster him. And so I, yeah, fa- foster failed. I, I <laughs> never, I never thought I would keep him. Like, even though I did fall in love with him in the picture, like I, still was like, I don't, I can't have a dog. I can't barely pay my bills, you know? And I picked him up and he was a lot larger than I thought. They kind of like catfished me a little, but, um, I like (laughs) they, yeah, they really did. They said he was an Australian shepherd. I was Googling Australian shepherds, like, Oh, 50 pounds. Like the angle was like a skinny angle. Like the, the, the photo from the thing was like, I can show you, you'd be like, that's a small to medium dog. And I, I go to their house and this dog comes running down the steps. And I was like, what the fuck? He's 80 pounds. And so I was like, Oh my God. Okay. And I like, just like, I was like, can he get in the car? Like, I, I mean, we had a family dog growing up, but I didn't really do a lot with it. And so I was like, I don't, I'm so out of my league with this giant dog. And, um, yeah, there's, there's, we, we had a rough first year, but we made it through and, um, yeah. Well, just don't fail again straight away. Take your time. I think I'll be fine. Hannah's kind of coached me through the the mindset. And I just think that I think I can kind of 
compartmentalize. And I, I don't, I just don't see that happening. I could be wrong, but I think I'm going to be okay. Let me ask you one question before we go. I, I know we've been chatting for ages and I don't want to, I don't want to monopolize your time too much, but it's a question I forgot to ask you uh, when we talk about kids. So you don't want to have kids, but you definitely want to fall in love and get married, right? Or certainly have a life partner. Yeah, I don't know that I need to get married. Um, I kind of I, <laughs> like, you know, obviously no offense, but I I don't, I think there's a lot of things about like marriage and weddings that are like kind of bullshit. So hey, I, I'm, um, I'm with you. I've been, I've been, I've been trying to create the non-bullshit wedding for. <laughs> yeah. So absolutely. Like, I'm like, oh, my dad's going to give me away. Like I make more money than my dad. Like he's going to give me away. Like, <laughs> like, <laughs> Like it's what like it's so funny. Like a man's no, I know you did this, but and I'm sure if someone wants to marry me, they will ask my dad if he's alive. But it's so funny to like my dad and I joke that a man would be like, Can I ask Ashley to marry me? And my dad would be like, Ashley can do whatever the fuck she wants. Like, I don't know. Why are you asking me? Like, that bitch is but you know what it is? It's like you don't want to offend people that care about the tradition. No, it's fine. It's just that we always joke that my dad will like laugh in someone's face. He's like, if she says yes, take her. Just take her. Um, But uh, yeah. Anna's father said that like uh, we like right after we officially became like a couple, he said to Hannah, so I, I, are you not my fucking problem anymore? <laughs> <laughs> That's my dad was would joke that like before I really did start like making money that uh, he was going to bring just like a, a like a folder of like receipts and like debts of mine to like pay forward to whoever was going to take them on. Um, like she's your she's your problem now. Uh, yeah, I, 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 I'm open to it. I really do see myself with like a partner for sure. I like so. that. I like that. That's a good bit, actually. It's like my dad's gonna give me away. I, I make more money than him. <laughs> well, <it's> just, <laughs> yeah, I mean, he, my dad's been a successful guy, but yeah, I just, it's yeah, it's 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 what it is, you know. And it is true, like you know, there like there have been times when I've been single where I was like, you know what, I think I could be single for the rest of my life. I'd be fine, you know. Like I'm not like I'm not one of these people that thinks like it is the best way to get through life, except that. Since like Hannah's moved in, Hannah's the first person that I've ever lived with, and like I have to say, it's like ah, oh, actually, this is, I this is great. It's just mm-hmm. great to have somebody to fucking get on with shit yeah. with. And I don't, you know, I could see a life that's very like, you know, Jane Fonda. Like there, I have multiple partners, you know, and I, whether I, you know, get married, don't get married, get divorced, find someone else. Like I don't, I just want like love in my life. Like it's a really special thing to be in love with somebody have sex with somebody consistently, you know, like I want like love and intimacy, like I'm a a human. So it's just, it may take form in, you know, a few people for, you know, in my later in life years. So, um, like I'm not certain. One thing has become very clear to me. You, you, you're, you are, you, you were the son. (laughs) You were a guy. You are literally a man. I I hope that's not offensive, but you literally have like all the man, like because you're a woman, you can say it out loud, but like you think like a guy, you're like, you know, listen, like in reality, like I'd be happy with like numerous partners throughout my life. Not like at the same time. (laughs) No, No. I know, but like, yeah, like Like someone will die and yeah. (laughs) Yeah, somebody will die. (laughs) My, Uh, I got to tell you this, I'm working on a bit, so 
I don't want to give away like all the punch. It's a longer thing. I'm not going to do it. My, <laughs> my aunt, Okay. Who is kind of like my spirit animal in terms of, we had the same birthday. Like she's, you know, this is my aunt. She posted, she's posted on Facebook yesterday. My brother said it to me. She's in a relationship now on Facebook. She went Facebook official, my aunt, she's like 68. And we're like, this is just so funny anyway, to like be in a relationship on Facebook as like a 68 year old person. I just think it's funny. And she is three times divorced. And so this is like, she said three divorces behind her. And now she's got a new man, got a new man during the pandemic. I'm like, Aunt Kathy, what the hell? Like, can you stop bragging for a second? Like, yeah, yes. we get it. You're like really good at getting husbands. Yeah, especially when you're fucking 68, you're in a high risk group. How the fuck did you meet this guy? <laughs> I, well, I'll tell you, she's an insurance agent and his house burned down. And that's <laughs> That is unbelievable. I'm like, what an icon. Like, who is out here thrice divorced just getting a boyfriend during the pandemic? Yeah, and you're busting your ass in fucking one of the most popular dating podcasts you're fucking on your own. No fucking dog. And this fucking bitch has fucking met a new guy. I know. I'm so... Come on. Can I catch a break? But anyway, like, yeah, maybe I'll live more of a life like that. You know what I mean? I, I'm not certain that I like care about like growing old with somebody it just doesn't appeal to me that much so yeah the, the whole growing old part doesn't appeal to me in i'll start fresh with a new guy like 60 you know it'll probably be 40 it'll be a whole thing <laughs> i really <laughs> like yeah that's a reality show all right listen i know we've, we've we've talked a lot because i'm also conscious that we talked for 15 minutes before we turned the fucking thing on so right. i know yeah. you have to get back to your life plans tonight big plans big thank girls you night. so much so your 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 girls gotta eat your podcast what's what's your mm-hmm. instagram Ash Hess, uh, A-S-H-H-E-S-S. That's my Instagram and Twitter. And yeah, Girls Gotta Eat podcast. I co-host it with Raina Greenberg. It's on anywhere you listen to podcasts, usually at the top of the charts. You guys have Irish fans. I know that. A few Irish, you know, like, so So my podcast mostly listen by Irish people. So this is very much like an Irish promotion. I'm sure you'll get a few new Irish listeners. But we I, do. We I, um, have Irish I fans. I feel like they like have such a great sense of humor. Like it's, um, you know, I feel like there's great crossover with, Irish and American culture. So you right? haven't done a show there yet do. or not? We have not been there. We had planned to, in terms of international shows, we've done Australia and Canada, but uh, the UK and potentially, I guess, Ireland, if we have enough fans there, would have been, happened in 2020. But you know, that didn't happen. We would love to do it. Yeah. Happening after this. Okay. So I'm hoping that like with this, podcast and then having you on our show on Monday, like we will get more Irish fans. Like I'm being serious. I told Raina that today. I'm like, this is going to be great for us. <laughs> oh yeah. No, we'll get you in Ireland. I mean, I, I can promise you, I, I already know the promoter that'll bring you over. Like it's done. All right. Oh my God. It's okay. already done. Okay. Done. Done. Deal done. Great. Thank you. All right. Well, thank this you so great. much. Thanks for having me. So thanks. Thanks, Ashley. Thank you guys. Thanks for listening. Um, all the usual stuff that I say, you know, give us, give us five stars, leave a review, take some screenshots, put them up on Instagram, tell everybody that this is the best podcast you've ever listened to in your life. Don't forget to uh, spread the word around Ireland about Girls Gotta Eat. We want to get them uh, to do a show in Ireland. Don't forget about the Patreon, patreon.com forward slash Des Bishop, uh, which will be back on Wednesday. I'm taking a, a post engagement break until Wednesday so uh, and we will talk about that next week it'll be an engagement special next week so tune in for that and uh, yeah thank you we'll talk to you guys very soon
Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm. 